Have you ever wondered what it actually takes to pursue a career you want and start your own business? Well, I wondered and I did exactly that. I'm Karen Thomas, founder of Signature Branding and creator and producer of the number one retrospective podcast for starting your entrepreneurial journey. Join me as I reflect on the setbacks, milestones and lessons learned whilst transitioning straight out of teaching and straight into business. Hello, thank you for coming back to another edition of Straight Into Business. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And in the last episode, I spoke about the downsides to discovering your passion and how despite it being amazing to actually find the path that you're truly supposed to be on, it can still be equally distressing knowing that you have somewhat of an internal fight or a bit of a battle that you have to overcome because you reach the point of being dissatisfied with your current circumstances. So this week, I just wanted to talk about the whole idea of faking it till you make it. That is a really common phrase that we all come across in different aspects of our lives. And especially I think when you are embarking on an entrepreneurial journey, I don't think it's any different. In fact, I think it's actually more apparent that you have to do a lot of faking it until you are making it just to actually get you from point A to point B. So I guess the reason why I specifically called it faking it till you make it is based on my background and my actual story in terms of how I've found myself here today, the business owner of essentially what is a graphic design company when you, you know, when you actually um, think about it. And so with what it is that I'm doing, and I think a lot of people who have been in that space, similar to me, where you have decided to follow your passion, one thing that I think is really unique about my situation is that on paper, I am completely unqualified for my position. And I say that with a little bit of angst and a little bit of anxiety because, you know, the way that we've been trained in society, you need to have a specific qualification. You need to have particular experience in order for somebody else to give you permission to say that that is the thing that you are able to do because you have done all these things prior. And so when you walk into that situation knowing full well that you don't have those things behind you, and realistically all you've got is your desire, is your passion, is your instinct, and is your internal know-how or your your internal self-belief about actually being able to do this thing, you don't really have anything else on your side. And so... I, for those of you who don't know, I graduated from Coventry University with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and that was in 2007. I then went on to do my postgraduate teaching um, degree, which I did in Manchester, and I did that in 2008. 
And so, you know, 2019, for the best part of my adult years, I have been a teacher. And that is all I have ever really been because that was my career. And that's the journey that my career actually took. And so if you know that, you know, a lot of people ask me when they do find out what it is I'm doing and I tell them that I have a a career in teaching prior to this, they'll often say, you know, what did you teach? And so they'll be even more shocked when I tell them that I'm an English and psychology teacher because I feel like they're waiting for me to say that I taught art, I taught graphic design, I taught media, something in that kind of artsy realm. And so when I say English and psychology, I think the penny drops where they kind of realise how much of a 180 flip I've actually taken when it comes to my career. And so I also get a lot of people assuming that I've studied graphic design, which I haven't. And as a result, I think people are somewhat bewildered. And something that I have learned to be really proud of actually and consider it to be part of my story is how out of the norm what I've done actually is and how much courage it actually takes to do what I've done. And so in a lot of ways, I feel like at times I'm faking it. But as we'll kind of discover as we go through this episode, I also feel like I have taken very strategic steps to basically make sure that I am heading in this particular direction. If I think back to my love of what is known as graphic design, I can probably trace it back to being at least 14 years old when I had, you know, my first birthday party. And the best part of organising that birthday party for me was getting onto Word, (laughs) getting onto Word and putting together my invitation. And it's funny because I look back on that invitation now and I remember it had a really like crappy black and white border. It had really terrible fonts. It was probably Comic Sans. It was kind of like a poor effort invitation. But I feel like that was back in the day when Comic Sans wasn't actually the the dreaded font of the era and it was actually quite cool to use that as a font and I remember thinking wow this is so cool look at everybody who's coming to my party and look at all these people who are going to see this invitation that I've made as a result and so that for me was like quite powerful just putting something together and then as time went on so that started at 14 as time went on that was always the best part for me of putting anything together. I couldn't have an event. To me, an event requires an invitation. An event requires a sign, a signal, an indication of what is to come. And also the effort that that person is prepared to actually put into that event by making it formal and dressing it up and giving it a name and all these kind of things. So there's where I guess my love of graphic design stemmed from it was basically just wanting to throw a really good party and letting everybody know that this was going to be a really good party so as we take our trip down memory lane for this week's episode you'll hear me talking about the early days so when i first started around 18 months ago to two years ago and you'll hear me talking about what i was working on at the time how i was feeling and the challenges that I came across. So here's our flashback for this week. 
Hey, so I'm actually just on my yard duty. I've been thinking about writing an entry. There's some things that had um, come up, some mini milestones in my journey to being a uh, or an amateur hustler. Um, I went to bed late last night. I went to bed at about midnight. It took me three hours to basically design um, a flyer with the intention of getting it sent to Vista Print before the um, before the uh, offer, the promotional offer ran out, which I thought was like basically leaflets for five dollars. When in fact, there's always a bit of a snag, isn't there? And um, so yeah, it wasn't necessarily for that. It was more just to basically get a general discount on the flyers. So yeah, it took me three hours, which I kept thinking if this was paid work, this would be six, twelve, eighteen, hundred and eighty dollars worth of work, which I think would be worthy with post and packaging on top. I was very happy with the final result of the flyer. Um, I must say I do think I'm getting better. There's there's things that I've got at the moment that I've designed for the people that I know uh, just based on what I've done so far and the work that I have been doing, the, the people that I'm following on Instagram, social media, that kind of thing, I know the standard where I need to be. I'm not intimidated by that. I kind of think I've given myself the time to get there and I think I will get there. I'm quite confident that I'll get there. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. Um, but I do it. I finished Johnson's business card. Just doing a voice memo to myself. So I finished finished Johnson's um, um, business card. I'm very happy with that. I just need to work out this whole concept about bleed. I got I came a bit unstuck actually two days ago. I think I reached my first. Um, sort of mental block so to speak where I kind of just felt like oh I'd had enough I think that was Sunday because I'd already been doing quite a lot of school work and then to go on afterwards to then do the creative stuff I I, I thought was actually quite a bit of a challenge which is something I'll take on board for future reference I've told Ronan today I believe the the news that I told Ronan he 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 gave me a very positive response and I liked his response I I can't believe I'm actually telling um people but I can't help it to be honest you know when you know what you know uh, and you kind of get excited you want to share it so I, I guess the more confident I get with knowing that that's what I'm going to do the almost the more confident I am with sharing it and feeling like well this is what I'm going to be doing and I'm going to be leaving so there's no point keeping it a secret but I won't tell any more people other than that because I've still got like a little way to go and, and to be fair part of me feels like I actually don't care that I'm telling people Anyway, I'm going to sign out after four minutes worth of discussion and I'll get back to concentrating on my yard duty. So, yeah, things are going good. I've got a massive buzz from my flyer design. It was a really great piece of work, in my opinion. Yeah, so I'm going to just keep going. I think next steps for me, really, is to figure out the the delivery package that I'm going to be doing. Uh, And then, yeah we'll move on from there I guess all right over and out all right so yeah obviously you could hear me there at school on yard duty having all my million and one thoughts rushing through my mind about what was going on at the time 
just as an FYI, there's no constraints on where I choose to record my entries. Obviously, if if there's a thought that I have in a given moment, I like to just basically whip my phone out and basically start speaking so it doesn't really matter where I am, but it's always still funny listening back to that because then at some point I actually hear, like, someone look at me. I can tell someone's looked at me as if to say, what are you doing? And that's why I say I'm just doing a recording (laughs) or whatever it is. But, yeah, so I listen back to that and I can hear how upbeat I am, first and foremost, just my general tone and my demeanour. I'm very upbeat, I'm very excited at that stage and I think when I look back on that and this is something that I think if you are currently in a position where you are making that transition and you know you're just about to take the leap or you're even thinking about it um for me I listen back to myself then and I'm like wow Karen the self-belief the self-belief that I can hear in myself that I can hear in my voice and at that time that is what was pushing me through and it's interesting because I hear that now and I I'll be honest I don't always even feel that confident now and what's strange is I probably had many more successes than I'd had at that stage but for some reason I've also had just as many doubts and it's almost like the further into it you get the more doubtful you become of what it is that you can achieve or maybe it's because you've seen the bigger picture of what you're trying to achieve and so you feel a bit more confined to knowing what you're capable of within a given amount of time but yeah I love listening to even my tone of voice at that point self-belief is huge because the pattern that I've noticed and I'm just going to be honest is you know you start off with a significant amount of self-belief and you have to in order to even like move yourself on and take that next step and at one particular stage you feel like everyone's behind you actually no that's a lie at one particular stage you I think you think no one thinks you're going to do it especially if you're the kind of person that I am I'm always coming up with ideas I've always got things to say I've got a new brainwave every other day and so sometimes I do feel like a mad professor I feel like I'm one of these people who when you kind of say to someone oh this is the thing I want to do I can't help but feel that that person inside their mind is kind of rolling their eyes going, oh, here we go again, Karen. And so you do end up feeling a bit insecure and feeling like nobody's really taking you seriously. And then I think when you get further into it, you'll find that people are taking you seriously or more so they're supporting you but supporting you in a way whereby you feel like they're humoring you almost and maybe they don't really believe you're gonna do it but you seem quite passionate about it so you know I'm gonna I'm gonna humor you a bit um whilst you're into that and then comes a point where you keep persisting but the support kind of drops off the verbal support the support that you would see in the form of like likes and comments from the people who you actually know that stuff stops and I don't know if that's just me or if anyone else has experienced that but you soon realize and I guess this is why it becomes quite a lonely journey because nobody's there to continuously pat your back tell you you're doing a good job tell you everything's going to be okay nobody's there for that 
And so you have to be your own cheerleader, like hugely so. And that's really hard for some people because it actually means marketing yourself. It means putting yourself out there. It means bragging about yourself and what you're doing constantly. And we all know those people on social media who do that. And there's a feeling of like, oh God, whatever. There's that feeling there. And so you're very conscious of being that person. But the bottom line is, if you're not that person for yourself nobody else at this stage and don't get me wrong i think when you get further on in the game and when you've made it and you're fully on that influencer level i think when you're there i think you'll have a million and one people coming to ruby back but during this phase where you're grinding and you're hustling and it's new and you're kind of just on that cusp i think people disappear i think you have to be your own cheerleader and i think you have to take ownership of your wins and have that self-belief because I don't think anybody else, not because they're jealous or any, but I just don't think it happens, truth be told. One thing that I have cloned, and I'm going to claim it for my own, is this idea of, and this is a bit more advice that I'm going to give to anyone in this situation who's growing and climbing and trying to make their own sort of hustle, small business, entrepreneurial journey happen, is you have to start working on your off-paper resume. So what I mean by that is on paper, and I said this at the start of the podcast of this episode, on paper, I am not qualified to do jack shit of what I'm doing right about now. Little story, I initially wanted to go into events. I had the idea to be in events management since about 2009 I really loved the idea of being in events and then in 2011 I went to work as a teacher in Qatar in the Middle East I had socially I had an amazing experience loved every minute minute of it socially but unfortunately the 70% of the time where I was actually teaching I was having a terrible time and I'm not going to necessarily get into all of that right now about why that was so terrible but it was and it was enough to make me feel disheartened with teaching and give me that reminder yet again that this is probably not the path for me And so I was adamant that I was going to do some sort of master's in events. And the advice I was given at the time was, you know, don't bother doing a master's. It's a waste of time, blah, 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 blah. Just go get some experience. And so I was like, okay, that sounds like a a good plan. I can save money by not doing the master's. I can go out and get the experience. It's going to mean volunteering and all this. So I started being very strategic and I started planning parties because that's what I know what to do. It's what I know how to do best, in my personal opinion, is how to plan a party. And so I ended up doing a, um, it was called the Black and White Departure. So it was a huge event that I'd organised for the teachers at my school in Qatar at the time. You know, made it a ticketed event where people had to pay, um, managed the catering, managed the photographer, managed the venue, and made all that happen and got quite a lot of other teachers' support and got them on board and got them to help with various things. And I thought this is going to be my portfolio for me, you know, trying out a new career in events. And then I was moving to Melbourne, Australia in the following months and I thought that's going to be my perfect opportunity to start getting experience. And I basically quickly learned that 
for me to have a place in events I was going to need to start at the bottom that's the feeling I was getting everybody wanted me to volunteer and you know and I did quite a bit of volunteering for a few months and I found myself you know standing at stalls helping out and uh, bear in mind like I am 26 27 years old at this point I've already been teaching for four years and so it just felt like oh this feels like the bottom of the bottom you know what I mean? A lot of people was telling me I needed to, you know, get experience waitressing. And excuse my French, and yeah, you can say it's my ego talking, but that was the first time I thought, nah, fuck you. Like, I haven't gone to university for four years. I haven't been in the teaching world. I haven't picked up all these skills for someone to tell me that I need to go and be a waitress or I need to go volunteer in a hotel to basically get myself on the map and get myself going for events. And that's when I started to question how likely it is that you can be given opportunities when you're starting again. And so fast forward another sort of two, three years, I was dissatisfied again. I knew I was on my way out of teaching. So I decided to do a diploma in events because I thought, okay, well, at least if I have a qualification in events, surely that's going to make a difference and that's going to fast track me into this industry as opposed to me just starting at zero. And so I did that. And again, the message that I was really getting was you start from the bottom. You know, if you really want to get into events, you start from the bottom. And I get it in some ways, but in a lot of ways, I'm like, nah, this world, the way this world works, it's interesting. And like I said, what I've learned, nobody will give you an opportunity when you're starting again from scratch. If you want opportunities, you have to make them and then take them. And that is the line that I am going to stick with. And that's the line that I have pursued and followed throughout my whole signature branding journey. And so going back to the original point of making sure that you start working on your off-paper resume, your off-paper resume whereby you are working on the skills, the attributes, the characteristics, the qualifications that you need to do what it is that you do without any formal training as such. And so I think that's really important to start building that stuff up to give you the confidence and be able to have talking points for people so that people actually know that you know what you're talking about in those particular areas, even though, for instance, your traditional resume or your CV doesn't necessarily show those things. You also heard me talking about in that flashback, spending three hours on a flyer. And at that time, the work that I'd done on that flyer was so different and so edgy to the work that I'd previously been doing. I look back now and I'm not necessarily by this flyer that I was talking about that I was using for my own marketing material for signature branding. But I look back at my designs in general and I'm actually embarrassed. I am embarrassed because the stuff I was putting out there for public consumption, for people to actually look at and judge me on, at the time I thought it was okay. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, it really wasn't okay. It wasn't, it wasn't the look, it wasn't the style, it wasn't the vibe. It was none of that stuff. But 
the lesson that I've learned is that the only way you can do is to learn and then to practice and not actually be scared to put yourself out there because in that moment you don't actually know that you're not doing a great job you just know you've got to do whatever it takes to get your stuff out there and to show people like look what I'm doing okay and then the growth will come for me especially like a year two years later where you kind of look back and you go wow I see how much I have grown one of my challenges that I was talking about on there as well was bleed talking about that the whole idea of bleed and what it means and I forget now that I taught myself Adobe Illustrator taught myself Adobe Photoshop and those are industry essentials in the graphic design world and I did the whole online course thing you know made sure I tried to understand it and just moved myself that one step further because I knew there were still areas that were getting me stumped the other thing that I'd advise you to do if you're at this particular stage of faking it till you're making it tell people what you're doing you know tell people what you're doing because that reinforces the idea it reinforces it to you it reinforces it to your friends it reinforces it to your family and so you really start to believe it they really start to believe it and I look back and I think wow there was a point in time when I was like oh my god I can't believe I'm telling people I'm doing this but it was through telling people that made it more real and made me feel like well there's no out now you know my ego won't even allow me to step back if I wanted to because I've already started telling people what it is that I intend to do and the best thing when you start doing that as well not necessarily everyone's going to come knocking on your door saying okay can you do this this and this for me and, and and support your business in that way but there are a handful of people who will want to support your crazy idea to a certain extent and they will want to say can you do this for me or can you do that for me as a form of support and I'll do a whole episode later down the track in terms of how I how I get clients and that kind of thing but definitely telling people what you do was helpful and then having those people ask me to do particular jobs so whether it was in the form of a wedding invitation or a thank you card or even a business card and it it just gives you a place to start and it gives you a portfolio of work to build on so that is all I have for you guys in this episode of straight into business I hope you have enjoyed it I hope there were some insights in terms of getting to know, I guess, how I felt about faking it and what I would advise you do as a result of trying to fake it till you make it. If you want to seek me out, you can do so by heading to the Facebook group, which is Straight Into Business. I'm also on Instagram at ktom.biz and you can also head over to my website which is ktom.biz until next time i shall speak to you soon ciao for now